G'day, boys. Welcome to the Coach and Tex. It's episode 14. 14. I don't believe it. Tempers are praying. What's going on, lads? Well, it's just another exciting week. I can't believe the standard of football that we've seen, especially GWS. Shane, now, you're, now, you're on top of things. Now, Shane. Um, Get your dinger ready. Get your dinger ready, Tex. I'm telling you early. Hello, Shane. Good to be with you. Who's that? Turtle, who's that, Turtle, who's that online? Um, can you stand up, mate? Oh, he is. Oh. Sorry, no, no. It's. Uh, I think that's Tex. I, mate, I thought he would be in hiding after another pitiful display of Tex's try. Well, I'm actually. Um, oh, sorry, Tex. Just hold hold your fire there, mate. You've got numerous segments named after you, mate. Just. Show just all, all at your and I mean the feedback to our latest tweet to your headgear too, mate, has been enormous. <laughs> but um, but I think what's probably been the thing that's blown me away, like no, no, it, I'll say that again, it's blown me away, is the I have a dream speech that you made last week <laughs> um, in our um, in our episode. What's going on, mate? How have you? Well, there's a cult, mate. They're looking for you out at State Parliament. I did receive some wonderful feedback. You know we're passionate about the causes that we promote here. Um, so it's been nice, but oh, I've had a great week. I, it was if I, if I was to take you back in time for when we recorded the last episode, um, things couldn't have got much better for me. Carlton were in front and just about gave up their final series. Essendon got belted. And then, oh, did all hell break loose up there on the Gold Coast on Friday? Wow, we! And and can I just remind you straight? I might as well come off the long run now. I might as well come off the long run. Let's go, Michael Holding. Let's go. I I listened last week as I chortled to myself about uh, the silly comments that we've all made over the year, but. None more than you, Turtle, saying that we celebrate imperfection and Richmond have the best culture in the competition. I mean, they have unraveled like you wouldn't believe that football club. And I don't think many of us are surprised by it, but what a very, very sad state of affairs that was. Are you there, Turtle? Are you there? Oh, I'm here, mate. I'm just riveted by um, the sledging once again, mate, but that's okay. Uh, yes, you do echo. No, no, you've had your say, mate. Just settle down there, mate. You've had your say. I'm just riveted by the fact that you, along with all opposition supporters, just can't wait to have a crack at Richmond supporters, and that's fair enough. It was a very, very bad decision by those lads, but we'll talk more about that through the episode. And and we're going to get a local perspective on that today because um, – Shane, I know you're you're more familiar with the NBA than our learned friend at the other end of the line here, um, but they're big on these um, 14-day contracts, and and we've decided to initiate a six-episode contract with somebody who's going to be our local our local reporter straight out of, I guess, the hub of activity. Pardon the pun, coming out of Queensland, so he will join us. Um, probably in the next segment of the show, Tex. Well, I look forward to that because it'll be good to have some common sense come to the program other than some of the dribble that's been coming not out of your mouth coach but turtle your credibility has fallen through the floor in the last 
couple of weeks. But I tell you, I was like a kid in a candy shop. As I went back over your comments about the Richmond Footy Club, and I'm really looking forward this week to uh, to that real estate that you refer to in Mr. Scott's head. He'll be just subdividing that because he'll, he'll treat the Richmond Footy Club with contempt when Geelong get a hold of them this week. Okay, but that's good. It will good, be mate. great to um, see how the Tigers uh, respond. That's been the interesting thing, I think, from people because they've been so strong for uh, internally and displayed it externally as well. But uh, as we know, there's been a number of things going on this this year, so uh, I'm super interested to see how they how they respond and um, send a clear message to the people that are observe the AFL uh, where they're at and where they're heading over the next uh, couple of weeks, which is the most important time. When you talk about momentum, text, it's very important. So let's see if this, uh, see the size of this speed hump in front of them. Let's see how they respond to it. Uh, I hate to respectfully disagree with you, Coach, but uh, they haven't been good internally or externally, Richmond. If you were to go back and have a timeline of their season, whilst they've won a lot of football, they've been a bit of a rabble starting whether it's with their people choosing not to go up to the hub when hubs were first introduced to distractions from partners to grabbing each other. The list goes on and on and on. And um, as it's been mentioned on this program before, the individuality and the sense of entitlement is coming to the fore. And I've said for a while, I don't think they can win it. Now I know they can't win it because I don't think the hunger's there, because if the hunger was there, they wouldn't be behaving the way they are. And I'm not trying to wind the turtle up. Um, but they You're doing a good job. You're well, doing they, a very good job, mate. They can't win it, and there's a pattern of behaviour with some individuals and with that club, and, and I'll come off a longer run with that later on. No, hmm. you, you're not going to, actually, mate, because you've now pretty much used our time allocated for this topic from the next segment. And really, there's not much for our guest who was going to um, critically appraise exactly what happened up there on the Gold Coast anyway, mate. So you're not leaving him much to work with. Um, let's talk about some of the other observations and highlights um, from, from your respective week. How did you enjoy your Father's Day, mate? Yeah, okay. Oh, well, if, if you're directing that to me or was it still... Well, both of you, mate. You're both fathers. Texas uh, Tyro. You know I'm who not, your kids are? I'm not sure. Well, they know some of his? They tried to kill me with food. I've never eaten so much food over a 12-hour period in my life. Are you teasing me now, Shane? No. I know it's probably just a snack for you, Turtle. Um, <laughs> Could be a snack for one of our more learned listeners, actually. But the people anyway. that don't know what the turtle looks like, he's got a very big shell. Uh, so there's a lot of food that can get compacted into there, and he would have just soft it Consumed it down in one, one fell swoop. He would have said, next, please. So my Father's Day was, uh, was great. And mine too. I had a great day, even though it's under different circumstances these days. It didn't detract from the uh, the level of attention that I got and the enjoyment I got out of the day. So it was a ripper. And um, and what about yourself, Turtle? You would have just beached yourself there on the couch and consumed a fair bit of food and watched old Richmond replays, wouldn't you? Pretty much, mate. It was a um, great day. King for a day, mate, as, as they say in the classics. Um, now, the other thing that – sorry, Shane – Oh, I was just going to say, you would know this turtle. Um, is it Father's Day in the States at the same time we have our Father's Day? Do they have no, different times of the year? 
I remember one year I was very fortunate, mate. Um, we flukily happened to be in the US during their summer. It's in June, I think. Oh, okay. um, and I yeah. remember we were actually in um, in New York and, and they um, I had a Father's Day and the kids were really young. I had a Father's Day in Central Park and then I got home uh, and then a couple of months later, bang, um, Father's Day again. So, no, they, they do it differently, but I'm pretty sure Mother's Day is the same. Okay. Sure uh, well, let's hope it wasn't Mother's Day on the, on the weekend uh, in the States because there's one lady that probably wouldn't have attended that after a, an incident uh, regarding her throat. <laughs> That's right. What about that incident uh, with poor old Novak? Yes. the tennis ball uh, into the Lions well, uh, person's throat. Wasn't a smash though, was it, Shano? I mean, it, it reminded well, me a bit of the, the forehand. He hit it. He certainly struck the ball uh, forcefully enough. Tex, did that forehand remind you of the one that went passing you down at um, the, 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 the green courts at Mount Eliza a few years it, back there, It mate? did take me back to when I had you covered and you were accusing me of the, the biggest string to my bow was my Wednesday morning ladies lob that you referred <laughs> to me there. But it reminded me with Novak... Nothing wrong with ladies' lobs, mate. They're, they're, they're very effective. It reminded effective. me, Novak Djokovic... Both in male and, and female tennis Novak games. was uh, example B this week of when you don't have the hunger and the passion because you get ahead of yourself, you break the rules. So I saw mm. a lot of alignment between what Novak did and what uh, what those Richmond fellows did. Interesting that uh, Nick Kyrgios, yeah. uh, he, he tweeted... I think he tweeted... Uh, Who Nick was it, Shane? Kyrgios. All right, okay. I thought he said Nick Curious. Very curious um, about his tweet. He was around the line. I laughed because I'm not sure if you saw him. He said, well, if that was me, pick A, B or C. I think it was 12 months, five years or 10 years suspension. And he's right. Absolutely right. He would have. He would have got it. You know you're in trouble where Nick Kyrgios is the voice of reason in the sporting world? Mm. Well, I mean, in fairness to Novak, um, the the, the rap sheet for for old... um, for old um, Nick um, Nick Kyrgios is yeah that's the one Nick Kyrgios is um, is a little bit longer than Novak's did um, and what about tomorrow big day tomorrow are you okay day you know we're 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 patrons of the um, the men's and mental health um, topics and issues there's been a bit going on Spud Frawley was unfortunately twelve months today. to the day when he oh. when he passed away and so there's been a bit of a uh, there was a bit of um, stuff on SEN throughout the whole course of the day. They, I think they called it manning up, and it was very much around talking about and, and men having having a conversation. And, and obviously, then that flows into tomorrow, which is Are You OK Day. Have, have you guys doing stuff at work, Tex? Uh, yeah, that? we are. And it's this year, um, there's been a really strong message for about a week now in the lead up to it. And not just not where I work, but I know through the kids' schools and stuff, there seems to be a lot more wider recognition and acknowledgement of it. And I heard a really good slogan today um, specific to Victoria that was just because we are, are a path doesn't mean we are alone. So it's a great cause, are you okay, Dave? And um, probably more meaningful as the years go on, I reckon. So I've got a uh, presentation, a 15-minute presentation to uh, a group tomorrow morning about are you okay and what it all means. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. It should be a great conversation. And um, before I, I remind everyone about our Twitter handle, I'll get, I'll get you two ready to, to be a little bit more in sync this week than, than you were last week. Um, my, my weekly TV observation, you heard about the, um, the scenario down at Croc Media 
um, they they had somebody who tested positive for COVID nineteen, unfortunately, and then because people were in contact, and um, he, he produces some programs for Channel Nine, and they also do their SEN program. So it in fact impacted some of the on air talent, and so subsequently on Monday night, you might have seen uh, Footy Classified was hosted by none other than uh, than your namesake Troy Tony. I did Jones. see that. Um, uh, there must be something people with the surname Jones that just makes them uh, his performance on that program not to mention the way he opened up on the Sunday footy show about that topic we were talking about earlier I think old Tony might be struggling just at the minute well when you keep giving he might want to go on the sorry mate he might want to go on plate of origin or something like that when footballers behave <laughs> badly and give easy um, I easy think Tex picking... might have gone on mute there Shane? <laughs> and when they give easy pickings to the media, away you go. Mm. Indeed. Do you hear about the <laughs> Irishman that's gone home? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Paddy, uh, the Essendon man. Yeah, Connor, Connor Mc, McKenna. McKenna. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Positive, negative. He should positive. be on, He's probably on the same. So, so tell us, our, where can you get us on Twitter, Shane? Ah. The Cajun text. Lovely. Rolling Very beautifully. Uh, and, and unfortunately, um, Troy, your, um, your messages of positivity didn't quite reach out to all of our, uh, all of our listeners. That, um, I think the very next morning, once our, our podcast landed, um, there was some very strong abuse online to point it at yours truly. So I, I actually had to go to the Room of Mirrors and have a chat and ring up a friend and and just let them know how I was feeling about that. So hopefully they might heed the message this week, mate. Um, they might even be in the vote, and actually, strangely are enough. Are you apologising now for your use of bad language in last week's episode, or are you saving that till later on? Not sure what you're talking about, mate. But what we will talk about in um, this week's episode is obviously, once again, the burning issues. And like we said, we've got a special guest joining us for that. Um, the world-famous Texas tirade. Uh, that's got everyone's attention. Uh, Coach's Corner, but a next instalment of his team of the year. Um, and then we'll get, get to our lamentable um, punters club and we might even talk talk about a few of our tweeters. So up for a big episode, lads. Looking forward to lamentable? it. Oh, boys, aren't we excited? We've finally got our first regular ring in. Now, um, Tex, <laughs> Shano, um, a few weeks back, we, we, we got our first bona fide... Oh, well, apart from our co-host, bona fide AFL player um, who pretty much we had to pick him up after the story he told us about the way he was cut <laughs> at, at St Kilda. But we're beaming him in all the way from Queensland with all that activity going on up there. We thought we'd better get someone who's got their feet on the ground. Welcome aboard, Glenn. Oh, thanks for having me, Zoran. That's uh... Very exciting to join the boys. Oh, get get up and about, mate. Oh, yeah. You've got to be a little bit more excited than that, mate. Come on, if you no, want to get an invite, you're the rating guest we've had all year. Uh, no surprise, I suppose. You know, I've got uh, um, I'm, I'm got some uh, good stories to tell, and I'm a good. So, bloke. mate, this is not a, a, a sportsman's night. So, when you say you've got good stories to tell, oh. we're asking you to uh, <laughs> to use your contacts um, and tell the real story because. There's clearly, off the top, a couple of Richmond blokes have been crucified uh, in the media over the last few days, mate. And I know you, you said that you had some... In fact, you know the bloke who ran the kebab van uh, 
Um, and, and he's got nothing but good yeah. stuff to say about them. They were innocent bystanders. By I heard those to... kebabs are spot on. They are yeah. great kebabs. Yeah. yeah, they are. They're a really good spot down there. Old Ali himself was really heavily involved in the whole, uh, um, you know, the whole the whole part of it. Captured it on his uh, in-home video. Um, but so yeah, look, it was a pretty look, very big press article up here. The government weren't happy. They were closing down footy. The the uh, um, public weren't happy because you know footballers are out in the tear. It's really bad, uh, really bad for the Richmond team. But look, you know what? As as everyone's saying, I think Mitch Robinson said it himself in a tweet. I think they're getting ahead of themselves. Maybe that was uh, that full forward, big uh, big bloke Lynch. But uh, if it's him, they're all. Getting when ahead when of did uh, Mitch say that, mate? Watch straight after it. the event. Yeah. Um, after no, no, not after that event. Oh, back after, when he um, uh, when he backhanded uh, Alex Wilson. After your mate. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. After your mate. After your mate Lynch got off his third or fourth Fair striking enough. charge. <laughs> hey, Glenn. Um, from afar, footy in Queensland, like it's literally right through the state. You have got games in Cairns and Gold Coast and Brisbane. Is it? Yeah. Um, have rugby league supporters picked up the game? Do you think? Or do they not give us toss? Oh. No, no, they're, they're loving the game because the Broncos are going so well <laughs> not. <laughs> but uh, no, the rugby league uh, faithful are definitely turning. And, uh, you know, they're, um, they're, really fi- they're really looking for something that's got some positive news. And obviously the Lions are going very well. And look, you know, the Gold Coast are actually going okay considering, um, you know, where, where they've come from. So, yeah, the rugby league faithful, absolutely the, on board. The, um, the media is... Up- Oh. Hang on, just before you go, just just before you go, guys, we were told to put our hands up, so I just want to make sure that you're putting your hands up, otherwise I can't answer the question. It's a, um, so mate, if you want an invite back next week, um, just um, go with the flow, buddy, and and just so you know, the hands are just for the four of us, not for the people who are listening. So, uh, but anyway, I know you're an amateur, mate, so we'll um, we'll work you through it, okay? Get the pee plates off you. Um, in all seriousness, so the media's been painting. Uh, the picture here that it's fantastic, obviously for the growth of the game and things like that. But but then if you go and pick up a, <clears throat> the newspaper, the front page of the Gold Coast Bulletin or the Courier Mail, and and you know three out of four people couldn't give a toss that um, Queensland's got the grand final, and um, there are pregnant um, women who can't get back in for medical attention yet. All these people are being allowed back into the hub, and then there's the shenanigans that happened last week. What's the real temperature? Um, up there, like mate, in in response to how the AFL community are being viewed more broadly. Oh, I actually think it is really positive. So, in in again being serious, I think um, you know it's one thing that's going really well up here, having sports and having lots of it. You know, having players, you know, uh, being around, and then, and in general, they're not doing you know they're not doing too many bad things, but. Uh, it's it's a really positive vibe up here, and look, the grand final thing was a big was a big announcement, and even on all the radio stations, all the big radio stations up here, um, uh, you know, really pushing it. You know, they even had interviews today um, on on Nova, you know, going on about how how good it is, and you know, let's go and get to, let's make sure out there, and you know, pushing it. So, really big thing up here, absolutely. Uh, now, Glenn, I, I'm not sure that the AFL's no. broken. Broken new ground. I mean, it wouldn't exactly be a shock to the system to those on the Gold Coast for two blokes to be pissed out of their brain in a fight while waiting for a kebab outside the strippers. That's not new on the Goldie, is it? 
Well, yeah, I've done that a few times, but uh, um, <laughs> no, look, uh, it's not breaking new ground. It's not. It's it probably would happen there ten times every weekend, I would think. But uh, obviously, AFL footballers get the um, get the roar into the stick, uh, and it just happened to be Tigers people. Because they're getting ahead of themselves. Well, one of the things, one of the things I'm interested um, from you, Glenn, and you, Shane, as as former players at the elite level. Oh, okay. Um, because because <laughs> these play whilst they're up there in these hubs, what are what are they actually doing when they're not training and in team meetings? Because did you have any idea, Glenn, of actually what they are doing? I mean, we are led to believe they're just laying by the pool and not doing much. But do, do you have any insight into what? players are actually doing with all this time they've got on their hands when they're not training? Yeah, I, I do. Um, there's a lot of golf going on because they're in golf resorts. Yep. Um, all of them, they're, they're in the best resorts going around. Uh, there's a lot of walks on the beach. I know, uh, I shouldn't say this, but uh, I know Lukey Beveridge you know, pretty well. I know he's going for a few long walks along the Burley Beach. Um, Self-congratulator. Couple... <laughs> Three votes already, mate. <laughs> Bang. He's been on the program uh, for five minutes. Well, can, we get, can we get Luke on? Let, name dropper. Let's get him on there. Oh, look, we can always try. Oh, um, hello. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, look, they, they, they are um, keeping themselves quite busy. But, um, again, they, the, the focus on being in the bubble is, is significant. You know, if, you, if you do one thing wrong, they're just, you know, they're just – People are looking for an excuse, no matter whether it's, you know, Victorians, South Australians, Western Australians, whatever, trying to say, well, hang on, why isn't it back? Well, it should be here. Mm. You know, we, we, we'll look after it. So, no, it's all, it's all going well. They've, they've, got, they've got lots to do, but it'd be, you know, it's obviously a lot easier up here than what it is down where you guys live in Victoria. And, and what about the media? Sorry, Shane, go. I was going to say, is there, um, since the announcement, is, is there a different feel around um, Brisbane, Gold Coast, in excitement, anticipation that the grand final is definitely coming up there? Yeah, look, there's even a push for the old uh, grand final Friday day off uh, up here. So, uh, you know, like I you have down in Melbourne. Down in here, no, it's, uh, don't get that. Oh, yeah, well, they're saying it should change and make sure we have it up in Queensland. So there's that push, you know, there's, there's lots of talk about that. So, so for, for the uneducated, Glenn, the AFL is going to be on the Saturday night at the Gabba. When's the NRL? Is that the next day? Um, it's the, yeah, I think it is. It's all, the NRL is always on a Sunday, on a Sunday night. Right. So, um, yeah, I'd say, I think it is. I yeah. don't, but that's what, I don't think it's, um, is that what's happening this year? Because normally it's a week apart. Um, no, because and, and I, don't I think know that's if the why... seasons are aligned because we've got five weeks less as, as well. I don't know if the NRL truncated this well or season. Two, if right? you've done your re- if you've done your research, and I know you guys are all into research, I'm pretty sure that that's why um, Sydney didn't win the grand final because they couldn't turn around the um, Sydney Stadium in time for the for the uh, NRL grand final. Okay, we're going to have the AFL grand final on Saturday. Couldn't turn around on the okay. Sunday for the NRL. I have just had it confirmed through the wires from uh, from Buckley Finn <laughs> that it that is it is um NRL is the Sunday in Sydney and uh, AFL is the Saturday night before in Brisbane. So a genuine. So, so you don't believe? Yeah, you didn't the, believe me? I'm on here for special. I'm on here for special comments and and the, and the special person, and you didn't believe uh, me. So you had to go to other people. No, I don't doubt you at all. I, now I'm not sure that we 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 normally stick to a run sheet, Glenn, but you've thrown that out the window. Oh. Um, Sorry. 
Turtle, are you okay if we move down the run sheet and I ask about the uh, the grand final itself? I heard I heard Simon Black uh, say in the media that he's very excited that the grand finals at the Gabba, but he has cautioned us as spectators to say um, late October at night at the Gabba is not going to lend itself to a great spectacle. And he even went further to say, if you look back through previous finals that were played at night at the Gabba and they were played kind of early September, they were very low scoring dour affairs. And he said that, you know, seven or eight goals will more than likely win this grand final. Is that a problem for the players? Not so much the spectacle. Is that a problem for the players in your mind? Oh, I don't think so. That's what we're doing now, aren't we? We're kicking seven or eight goals a game at the moment in, in most games. So it's probably not going to be any different, but it, it'll be quite humid. It'll be sweaty. It'll be, you know, um, you know, I think it'll be difficult conditions, slippery, etc. But, um, you know, obviously it's pretty warm. I, I'd At be six o'clock? Most players in the... Um... Yeah, absolutely. By six o'clock, um, it'll, um, it'll be that dewy because, I mean, they're saying seven o'clock um, at Mel- in Melbourne, right? So... So yeah, by that stage, yeah. daylight savings would have kicked in. So six yeah. o'clock, like, I, I, it gets dark pretty early. I mean, even if they started at like five o'clock, um, that's probably not too bad. I would have thought you'd still be able to get the the pizzazz of the of the night the night final and maybe not have the impact of the of the dew to be as, as prominent. Uh, apologies, oh, apologies, at... Glenn, for the for the turtles interrupting there, but. Late October is a big difference compared to late September, is it not? Is it not in Queensland? <laughs> it's a month later, so it is quite that is quite different. But um, <laughs> but it is, it is. Look, the weather changes. I mean, already, like I, I don't understand. I actually think you know. I know we're going off track, and I don't want to take you off track of the run sheet. But it wouldn't surprise me that uh, um, you know a lot of a Brisbane recruit really well next year because all the players have been up in the hub for the last you know three months be going. Why would I want to go back to Victoria and run around in the freezing cold when I can go and sit on the beach in 20, 25 degree days? It's been 25 every day this week. Um, you know, it's only going to get hotter. So it's, it, will be, it will be probably 30s by, by end of October. That, that's getting ahead of yourself, I suspect, Glenn. But anyway, Shana, you wanted to, you wanted to chip in? Oh, no, just, just with the uh, potential mildew on the ground that you could have a, a game of two. Mildew? Yes. Game of... Uh, <laughs> The game back, of two halves. You could have back the, in the, the 60s. red ball in the first half and uh, the yellow ball in the second half of the game. Sounds a bit like cricket, mate, where we go Correct. the pink ball and the white ball. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, Glenn, do you want to participate yes. in some of the um, – I was going to ask, in terms of the media up there, because so Nova and the other radio stations who wouldn't know too much about AFL, are they getting a lot of guest – talent to come on and talk about the game and those sorts of things in their programs already. So, I mean, how, how, how well-versed are they? I mean, I know there are certain sports stations that will, will put a bit yeah. more focus on it, particularly now because it's all local. But um, has there been any noticeable change from that point of view? Oh, oh, there's, been, there's been more of it. Not like it's not massive, but there's definitely like, you know, Jonathan Brown's on over in Victoria and, uh, you know, I think he's, he's becoming more regular, up, you know, having little um, guest spots up here and et cetera. But, you know, where, where we're noticing or where, you, where you're seeing more of it is all the sporting clubs, especially all the AFL clubs up here, they're all having sportsmen's days, nights, you know, um, grand final um, breakfast meetings, you know, afternoons, all those kind of things. So there's a lot of that going around saying, you know, 
um, getting into it, which has not really happened in the past. And and what's the expert view up there from from um, a, a little known footballer like yourself, mate, um, who's just plying their trade out at Morningside in the Veterans League? Um, what's your view in terms of uh, the top end of the table? In, in all seriousness, about who's who's making a play? How are you seeing it? Oh, I think um, I think you've got I think you've got two teams that are standouts. I think at the moment, and it's probably Geelong and Port Adelaide. Um, I think they're they're probably at the top of the tree, and then you've got a group of you know three or four where you've got Brisbane, Richmond, West Coast, you know maybe Collingwood, um, you know coming in there. So I think um, you know I went to the Collingwood Brisbane game on Friday night just as a research, knowing that I was going to be on this show, just to make sure I you know caught up with the latest in football. How slippery was and, it, mate? Uh, oh, it was a low scoring game. Brady Mychek <laughs> thought it was pretty slippery. Uh, uh, he took he, he took a grab in the first quarter and uh, it didn't see him until the last mm-hmm. when he couldn't mark it in the goal. The late so. concussion, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's um, well, I think that's what the way I see it. Uh, Brisbane are talking it up. Obviously, they're really keen, and you know they don't get it. You don't get a better chance this year to win a grand final than Brisbane do, right? So home ground advantage. Don't have to move. Yeah, you know, okay. got it easy. Uh, hey, Glenn. Shane. Oh. Shane, what are you? What, what are your views, mate? Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't fall into Port Adelaide bracket at the moment. So yes, they're on top of the ladder. Uh, they've got a bit to prove, and uh, we might see that over the next two weeks. Uh, Geelong definitely have been spruiking that that club for a while, and I still think uh, Richmond will be in the, in the big dance. Do what's your view around the Harris Andrews impact on Brisbane? Because um, obviously we've spoken about the way it changes come finals, um, and if it's going to, I guess if it's really slippery, it won't matter, mate. You can put a four footer on, on Charlie <laughs> Dixon, and uh, I'm sure you'll be able to swat it down to the ground, and then Lockie Neal and all these blokes will um will run amok. Hey, Glenn, I might, I might, I might come back, go to fullback. Hey, eh? might make a comeback. Mm. Hey, uh, Glenn, can I... Hey, I'll let Shane answer oh, that question, Troy. Uh, it, it'll definitely change their <laughs> defensive structure. He's such an important player. Like, he's he's in my All-Australian team. Um, mm. I think mm. we'll see. I don't think Brisbane are travelling that well. I think they've been very poor. So, I don't think Collingwood are going that well. And to mm. only you know, kick five goals in one quarter and one in three is not a great sign for me. So, I, I think they're going to struggle. They're, they're, tra- they're trouble, Shane, though. Their trouble is they've just got so many injuries. Oh, well, that's so, their problem. So Collingwood's had plenty of other teams. It's 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 had it's had. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. Collingwood, oh, yeah. got, Sorry, Collingwood, Brisbane Collingwood got so many injuries. Yeah. Uh, no. I'm not sure about Brisbane. Yes, they're they're amongst it, but I still think the other two teams I just mentioned are the top two. Hey, Glenn. Um, just two quick questions from me, being the Queensland resident that you are. If if you're on the commission. How many games a year would Oof. you play in Cairns? We've, we've traditionally played one or two, but does Cairns warrant any more games in seasons ahead? Now, talk about mildew. Oh, mildew. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of mildew up in Cairns. The humidity up there is quite high. Get so the cleaners up there, sure. mate. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure I'd play too many up there, to yeah. be honest. But uh, <laughs> No, nah, look, you... Uh, mm. You probably you probably give it a go. The actual the, the facilities up in Cairns, Kazali Oval is a pretty good fit out. Um, you know, they, all they have to do is get the old uh, um, Hawkeye ride or whatever they call it across the goal line, and uh, 
they probably play a few more. So yeah, I'd, I'd definitely give them a few, uh, a, you know, a bit, bit more of a go. They just built a massive new stadium in Townsville. I don't know whether they could, you know, convert that into a an AFL ground as well, maybe. But uh, you know, I'd definitely play a few more up in Cairns. But you know, the majority are going to be obviously down at Brisbane and and uh, and Metricon Stadium. So that's just a buzz and, for Jason Bison. And just on on the Gold Coast, um, I see they've got record membership now. I heard, but um, is the feeling from you that there there hasn't been a lot of success for sporting teams on the Gold Coast? They might win five or six games this year. How far off it do you reckon they are from being a, a finals contender? Are they a long, long way away? Oh, I think so. I, I still I don't think they've got the cattle to be honest. They just you know I don't think they've got the cattle personally. Um, they've done pretty well this year. But, yeah, I think they're a fair way away. They've got, they've got to recruit a few more people. And this is where I said earlier, maybe Brisbane, maybe Gold Coast might get a few more recruits because of uh, teams or players going, you know, I don't want to stay up here. I don't want to go back to Victoria or South Australia or WA. So just on, on the broader finals, um, so I know Troy put down this question, mate, and you might even be able to answer it being up there in the northern states, but he wanted to know why Geelong can't play a final in Geelong. Do you reckon you might know the answer for that? <laughs> Well, I'm pretty sure, like, Victoria's in lockdown yeah, at the moment. Yeah. But um, um, I don't know. Is that a trick question? No, uh, no, it wasn't. It was one of the better suggestions oh. that he made for the run sheet this week. But, <laughs> but I thought might just someone else might be able to – because he might have thought we were just sledging him by, by telling him there's just this little thing called COVID lockdown, mate. That's why Geelong won't be playing a home final, mate. You, you stupid, stupid man. The point of putting that on the run sheet was – uh, if we can't play in front of crowds anywhere, and Geelong's not in stage four last time I checked, they're actually under a different set of lockdown rules to Melbourne. If they earn the right for a home final, why can't a team fly in and out and play Geelong at Geelong? I, I just don't understand. Well, that. I reckon maybe maybe if they land maybe if they land in um, at South what's the oval there? Avalon, land at Avalon. No, 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 not at land at Avalon. Why don't they just go to um, uh, the one at Southgate there and just land in there, shut the roof, open the roof, land in there with the helicopter, play the game, take oh, out like, again. They're in their oh, bubble. I know? think he's having a crack now, Troy. He's he's been on here five minutes, mate, and he's um taking the. The P double I, what is it? P I double five or whatever out of, um, out of the little fellow. He's not happy. It's not really my role, but uh, to say this, but thanks for joining us, Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, thank you. It was good while it lasted. No, no, we're not, we're not just, uh, you, you, mate. What about in terms of the eight and, and your team, Hawthorne, mate? Yeah, well, or, or St Kilda, whichever team you want to align yourself with now, although I know. There are still some, um, you know. Um, Don't talk about it, mate. I'm, I'm still, it's still coming. Well, it is R U O K Day in, in Victoria tomorrow, mate. So I'm assuming that's a tomorrow, national initiative. Yeah. yeah. So um, we'll, I'll be sure to yeah. check in with you again. But um, the Saints. Oh, uh, the Saints. Well, the, the Saints have actually, you know, they've probably dropped away a little bit the last last few weeks. But they're actually, they 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 could um, they could sneak in. They could uh, hold their spots and and, and get in. I think Hawthorne's played Adelaide back into form. You know, got them off the bottom. You know, get them, uh, get them having a strong last uh, three or four games. Um, then, but uh, yeah, I think look, St Kilda might go. St Kilda might be all right. They, they've, you know, they've improved. I think got some good players. Maybe they well, should be doing the Eagles better. and the Saints the last two well, games. So uh, big challenge out to them. Uh, It'll be interesting to see who finishes up eighth um, now. Mm. Particularly, it seems like no one wants to um, get that spot now. I mean. Uh, Carlton yeah. losing last week, a couple of yeah. games in a row, and then 
yeah. obviously GWS and Melbourne. So yeah. someone's got to fall in. Bulldogs. Well, they might end up seventh, as high as seventh. Yeah. Hey, Glenn, um, just a question off our off our Twitter handle here. <clears throat> Somebody wants to know when when you first heard. Answer this honestly. When you first heard that a middle-aged man was unfortunately taken by a shark on the Gold Coast this week. Was there any fibre of your body that was hoping it might have been Stan Elves? <laughs> you can't ask that. No, not at all. I'm, uh, you know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, 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 I've recovered now. I don't know how I'm going to sleep tonight. I'm going to have nightmares again. So um, They actually said to, it was a 46-year-old, to... mate, so I'm not sure uh, Stan thanks. qualifies for that, but... Thanks for opening your old wounds, mate. You know, it's really, you know, I was getting over it. What I'll tell you one, you know, putting it on the other side, and again, I'm going off the run sheet, right? But um, one, thing I, one thing I will say is that... <laughs> it's the last, it's the third the, and final time, by the way. But anyway. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is the, I reckon this is the best year um, that a team can win from anywhere on the ladder. I don't. I don't think you have to finish top four yep. this year. I think you can win from any spot in the in the top eight this year mm. for the first. You know, obviously since the Bulldogs won it back a, a few years ago. Mm. Well, very very salient point to finish finish our little um our little segment of the year. Right? So it's ridiculous. So you got to bring some new, <laughs> you got to bring some new stuff to the table. Um, we'll get you back in a yep. couple of weeks, mate, on the eve of the finals and um, get your thoughts around how how momentum is building. Uh, as we, as we, 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 by that stage, we should we should probably almost know they're, they're talking about the finals opening on a Wednesday night. So we'll probably have a bit more of a better feel for where the ladder positions are going to end up and and, and see what happens, mate. So um, thanks for mm. taking the time out of your busy busy schedule up well, there, mate. It's twenty five degrees. You uh, you probably <laughs> want to go do some um, um, nice things outdoors while we um. Uh, well, we isolate a, here in Victoria, but um, I might, I might be, it might be a bit slippery out there, mate. I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, it's after six, mate. So what, it's what almost about, October. What about an update on the sales from Halsey and Greens, mate? How are we travelling there? Oh, yeah, dewy, no, mate. very strong, very strongly at Halsey and Greens, mate. Very strongly, the over fifties are loving it, and uh, um, you know, it's uh, one of the things that's happened over this COVID period is they go, they don't like to be isolated, so they might come and just spend some time with the Nugget Man. So they're, mm. when they come, buy their drugs. Just make sure your risk manager makes sure there's no mildew on the ground up there for them to fall over. <laughs> we do it's make dangerous. sure we do have signs, be careful, mildew, mildew around. <laughs> All right. Now, I've, um, I've got to get back to watching the game tonight. Big game, the Derby, Brisbane versus Gold Coast on pretty much in about, uh, you know, not more. I think it, <laughs> so, might, it might have started, mate. So you're not allowed to tell us to score because we'd be breaching licensing guidelines here. We've, we've said that before, mate. So you go away and do a debrief for us, and we'll we'll get you back on in a couple of weeks. But um, thanks for joining us this week, all right, mate. And, just, um, just once before I go, oh, I know you're oh. trying to cut me off. Before I go, and I don't want to, but I, I just want to just check the back the background of yourself. Is that is that a photo of the turtles there in the premiership time you played the turtles, or is that who's that? All those photos and pictures at the back there, mate. Just I think I'll have to cut this from the episode, mate, because just in case you didn't know, it's a podcast, mate. It's not a visual medium. That we use, so it's not actually going to work for the people who are listening, mate. <laughs> uh, but it is. It, it's, it says tiger time up there, not turtle time. But anyway, it's, it's all good. Thank you for your interest. Um, but okay, good on you, mate. Yeah. Um, thanks for joining us, and we'll, um, we'll talk to you in, um, in the very near future. And I want to look him straight in the eye, and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-suck...
fucking dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is. So this week's tirade, I am going to entitle Give a Hug or Give a Clip. And I reckon we are in real danger in this world of overcorrecting to the point where as good as it is to get around people and support them and embrace them and encourage them and politely remind people of the errors of their ways, whatever happened to the good old-fashioned kick in the butt, own your mistake and give people some tough love. Too often I see people who might own their own mistakes, but not often enough do I see people give harsh feedback and criticism to remind people that they were out of line, they were inappropriate, and they need to pull their head in. And I know you think I've got a set on the Richmond footballers, but at what point do people make mistakes like they did and we say, you made a mistake, not we think you made a mistake, we know you made a mistake, you're out, you're gone, you're finished. When we were growing up, you learnt your lessons in life and you learnt the hard way. And I fear we've gone too soft too often and we don't give people the harsh, real feedback that they deserve to make them better people. That's a short tirade. Ah, well, no one said I had a time limit. Oh, no, I expected a little bit more. Um, oh. But I thought it was really well delivered. Um, <laughs> but I can make some, give you some feedback on that. Um, yes, we are human and we do make mistakes. However, um, correct me if I'm wrong, these two Richmond players made a mistake before. Oh yeah, Sydney Stack's got a history as long as your arm, but not at Richmond. Can you can you remind me what that may be? One one of his biggest mistakes was turning up late to training, and then when he made an under eighteen rep side, had to plead to get a game in the side because he was late. He'd slept in, and he's got he's got form, but it's not about him. At, At what point do you say to people, "You made a mistake. That was wrong, and there are consequences," rather than "It's okay. We all make mistakes." give them a hug and be positive. I'm not about being um, unfairly negative. I'm just saying we're being overly positive to the detriment of our development. Oh, well, I, I'm, I'm not sure the convers- – and we're not privy to the conversation that the football club have had with those two gentlemen. Uh, I would not imagine that it would be, oh, look, it's okay, you've made a mistake. Uh, they would be well aware of the mistake. Obviously, these humans, they know they've stuffed up here. Uh, Ten weeks is a fair penalty – um, some may some may say it's maybe a bit too harsh. Uh, so maybe not enough. Uh, which is your opinion? Maybe they should have been left from the club. But I don't think uh, if he's late for training, plus he's had this incident in front of a kebab uh, store shop in in Queensland somewhere. That's uh, that's grounds for well, let's kick you out of the club. I'm not when sure that reckon- sends the, that, I'm not sure that sends the right message either. Just when was the last time either of you two got a good old fashioned kick in the ass from someone, or the last time you gave one and left it at that? Didn't didn't just um, create unnecessary positives. You just gave someone direct, honest feedback. You were coming from a good place, but geez, it was hard hitting and it was real. I just don't see it. I don't see it in our schools. I don't see it in our law. I don't. I just don't see it in day to day life as much as I think we should see it. So I, I don't disagree with that sentiment more broadly. I don't think the example that you're using with 
um, Richmond again is is that relevant because I think they they actually have been slammed, um, and that's part of again um, the way they would deal with it would be different. If you're talking about a work environment or talking about school or whatever else, yeah, I, I do think, mate, I, I do agree. I think one of the issues is that um, kids nowadays, particularly if they get it, teachers are probably too scared to to give that really strong feedback based off um, being ostracised by the kid or kids in some cases in their class because of, um, you know, people are recording stuff. Um, who knows, right? They're fearful of losing their jobs um, in, in that situation. And then you have the, the flow-on impact of, well, how resilient are our kids then when they do get to an environment where they do get that feedback, whether it's a genuine elite sporting environment where there's probably some more licence to do some of that, um, or certainly a work environment where someone pulls you in for a performance discussion. I mean, I don't even... You're on I your first even, warning. Yeah, I'm not even sure how often we do that now. It's, it's not about the Richmond situation or football. I'm just saying in life, I reckon we've lost the art of strong, direct feedback to with, with good intent. I just... I don't know. It's almost like we're overcorrected the other way. And we, and we need to finish with a cuddle and a positive. I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm saying don't ever neglect the opportunity to give honest, hard-hitting, real feedback to promote improvement. But do, you see, do you see that as a, a type of a method of that communication? Like when you say hard-hitting, do you mean, and you reference the sporting world, um, is prone or should be a, a field where you can give that? I'm not sure what the difference is between that or a, a company, corporate, public, whatever the case may be. Uh, can you just can you explain what you mean by hard hitting? Yeah, I don't mean physical. I don't mean physical at all. No, no, I mean no, hard. No, I'm not suggesting I mean, you are, but like, is it is it a strong verbal, uh, yeah. honest opinion about someone? You going hard at them? Yeah, is that like, what you mean about it? Yeah, like, geez, that was really really bad what you did it was unacceptable it wasn't up to standard you should know better and it's not bloody good enough and turn so, your back and walk away and leave it at that for five minutes so so the only thing i would say about that if you go and have a look at some modern leadership techniques that we're we're mean in is how do you still essentially give that message but in a way that it's presented and it's worded differently uh, the body language is different, um, but the essence of all you want that person to do is be better, isn't it? Of course. Not or or, but but using that example, if you're just going to pay out and that was your ordinary and whatever else, and then walk away, do you think that person's thinking there that you're wanting them to be better, or you're just wanting to give them a clip, as you say? Oh. And I think that's that's the question. Yeah, no, it? it's a, it's a and good I think point. we've moved on from it's that. A good point. Um, because I, I, I think even just some of the stuff that um, with the leadership programs we've been exposed to in some of the businesses we've operated in, that's the sort of stuff that they're trying to, to teach us. And sometimes you actually fall into the habit of doing that. And I reckon trying to teach or parent your kids is a classic case where you can sometimes fall into that because, well, you're the older, more authoritative one and you can just, there you go. Um, you're ordinary there. You misbehaved in front of your grandparents or whatever else, aren't you? A little prick. Um, and bingo, that's the that's the end of it. And, and the kid probably feels ordinary about that as opposed to, hey, is there another way you could have spoken to your grandmother? 
Um, <clears throat> uh, to, to, anyway, to, to your um, point, Shane, I'm not sure you can build resilience if you don't ever put people in a position to demonstrate if they can be resilient. Well, well just to finish off on what we started, mate. But I think at the same time, I don't think you can kick them out of a, a corporation or a, a group that they belong to based on an error. So how is that going to show them resilience if you're not there to actually uh, explain or um, show them what the resilience is? How do you go about that? Because some people might not actually understand it or know how to go about it. Mm. So if you said, see you later, to go on down the highway, you're hoping from your conversation that they've actually learned something, but you'll never know whether they've learned it or not. I think to, to the total point, yeah, to the turtle's point, you circle back at the appropriate time. I'm not at all suggesting you make people feel miserable forever. I'm just saying strong, direct, honest, um, and leave it at that for a period of time rather than it's okay, let's look at the good in everything we do. Sometimes things aren't good. Sometimes mistakes are made. Often there's consequences, and you've got to own them. Mm. That would be my point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you should circle back after the first segment, mate, because I'm still – reeling um, based on the way you made me feel with that opening um, um, diatribe about Richmond. So mm, I'm still over here, mate. I'm looking for the virtual hug. Do, do, we, we should go. Give it to me, baby. We, Give it to me. Can, <laughs> when when can we go? Can, can we go two minutes on Richmond? Because I don't think we're finished. Can we go two minutes on Richmond at some point? So um, that was a really good tirade. And we need to talk to Shane about his all-Australian <laughs> team. So Tex, invite your following. Your, your your tribe, your little tribe, Texas tribe, um, to, to come on board and, and give you some more feedback. It's a good topic. You could talk for a lot longer than what we allocated, which we have for this segment, mate. So, um, yes, I'm getting to wind up from the coach. He wants to get into his section. So, onwards and upwards. Morwood, a chance here for Collingwood. Shane Morwood puts it back. Shano, team of the year. Fantastic feedback um, to your backline that was introduced to um, our our listeners last week. And as I um, I said to you, Blake, in correspondence between the three of us during the week, we, we put a little clip out there of your team of the year and we put a little clip of Texas tirade out on Twitter. And it's a very close race as to um, which, which particular one's been clicked through. There's a leaning towards the couch. Um, well, I and, and I think it was the way in, well, I think it was the way in which you read the team out. So before we <laughs> launch into your midfield group, um, shall we recap on your team um, so far? So from the back line. Hopefully I do it in the same way I did it last week. Here we go. Uh, from Ryan, the back line. You, Luke Ryan from the Fremantle Football Club. Harris Andrews from the Brisbane Lions. Jordan Ridley from the Bombers. Uh at half-back, half Nick Vluston. There's an echo. Darcy Moore from the Pies. Braden Maynard from the Pies as well. So this week, the centre line will be announced. Here we go. From the Geelong Football Club. On Stan the left Nagola. wing. Sorry? In the guts. Oh, in the guts. In, uh, in the guts. Dangerfield from the Geelong Work Football Club. Work with me, Shane. Uh, and on the right wing. This is very exciting. Uh, I... Just grown to love this bloke. He's from the Richmond Football Club, Shay Bolton. Yes, he hasn't played on the wing. He plays in the middle of it. I love the way this guy plays and carries the football and kicks that ball a very, very long way. In the, in the ruck. ruck. 
We're reading the team out. Nick We're not doing Nat the whole summary the, just yet, mate. West Coast Eagles. Uh, Our rough Rover from the Brisbane Lions. And the Rover. Travis Boak from the Port Adelaide Football Club. So Tex will be very excited about that. And last week you introduced your first interchange member who was... Uh, Caleb Daniels from the, uh, the Western Bulldogs. And the two additions this week are... Another tie in Tyler Adams and... Tyler. Tyler. Is that Taylor. Tyler Brown and Taylor yeah, Adams, Taylor. maybe? But It's Brian. Yeah, no, good. Uh, and the other poor fellow on the bench is Todd Goldstein from the North Melbourne Football Club. So he's the resting... <laughs> Very much so when you're on the bench. Very good. Now, Shane, I just before you give us the, the summary, now, the little trick that you've been doing with Tex and I is... But you've been emailing the day before, so we get a chance to sort of like prepare some questions. These uh, little player profiles. Oh, don't tell me we, the gremlins are. You, you just keep you just keep coming in and out, turtle. Mm. I can hear Shane it's clearly. Like neck out of your shell. I'm sorry. Just bear with me. Um, we're not re-recording this segment, so we're we're just asking our listeners to show a bit of patience. Um, but you, you normally send us a sheet with your team and you've got these little player icons and all their stats. And I think you've given us a sneak preview to your forward line because I see a little fella called Tom Papley who's been included on what you sent me Talk through. Talk about so, spoiler alert. Uh, oh, Why would you actually no. mention that, Turtle? Well, I think you were well, going to drop him even, after the way Tom, he played last if night. You're listening, Tom, if you're listening to this podcast, just ignore the Turtle. As usual, you probably Sorry, have, mate. Tell us about 15, tell 14, us about your midfield podcast. How many we've done? Tom probably hasn't listened to it all. You're right, Thanks, mate. So tell us about your midfield. <laughs> uh, my midfield. Well, men and goals had a super season. Um, some may be surprised with with the selection. Um, I love the way this guy is, um, works both ends of the ground. Uh, hard runner uses the ball quite well. Um, he's a he's a really good size actually. Uh, and I, I think we could use him in, in lots of different areas within the game. Um, I, what I like about um, probably the centre line and the, the half-forward line I'll name next week is these players could play anywhere on the ground. And they, they work both defensively and, and deep into our forward line. And they're great defensive attributes to their games as well. And Sam's been a, a ripper this year. Um, so he, uh, for me, deserves his spot on the wing. Mm. Patrick Dangerfield. Keep going. No comments, so I'm going to keep moving. Paddy Dangerfield. He's had a bit of a different year this year. I think he's uh, evolved in a way and, and adapted his role. Uh, played a little bit forward, as we've seen in the last few weeks. Some may say they've been resting him, and maybe they have. What I've liked about his uh, approach to the game hasn't changed, whether he's been in the middle or he's playing in a half-forward flank or a forward pocket. Super dangerous. Been critical for him, of him for a long time with his kicking. I don't think he's been that effective with that. Uh, however, just love the way he just attacks the play uh, and lifts his team. Uh, I think he's a true leader of the of the group. Mm. And Shay Bolton, uh, I just love the way this guy's has come on leaps and bounds. He's played in the middle, which we've seen over the season, uh, run and carries up that football, but. I was thinking the other day, there's a former Richmond player that I played with at the, the Pies in the, in the name of Jeff Raines. Um, what number did Jeff wear at uh, Richmond? Was he number 
was it four? Yeah, I thought it was yeah. four. Yeah. Uh, he could kick yeah. the ball a long way. And Shay, he doesn't look that big, but he he's a penetrating kick. I think it's exciting. He creates uh, defensive pressure as well as turns uh, some offensive attacks into uh, a successful uh, shots on goal for his teammates. And I think he deserves his spot this year. Very excited about uh, those three across the middle of the ground. And it- so my question to you about that, the centre line as it is, mm-hmm. is not, I wouldn't have thought, uh, well, I know, because I, I obviously watched the Richmond game. So Shy Bolton doesn't play on a wing. And I know, <laughs> I guess the question to you is, did you think about that from the point of view of that's our midfield or the, the way in which I think to some degree the wing position seems to have refashioned itself um, over the last couple of years where you've got players who are specifically, like still side bottom, um, who'd be someone who I'd actually, I know he's missed the last couple since he's gone back, but would be someone that I'd ask the question around who I think is fit for purpose on the wing or a Hugh McCluggage or a Mitch Duncan even um, are playing more of those type of, traditional wing roles and they actually stay on that side of the ground when there's a switch or something like that. Yeah, and those, those two players, as in uh, Steele and Hugh, I had McCluggage in originally, uh, but I took him out in favour of Shay because I think there's a, there's a pretty strong calibre of on-ballers uh, from a selection criteria point of view. Um, and I think Shay probably just misses out on that from a, a pure on-ball. However, they can put him in there if I want to put him in there. I can certainly move him from there to half-forward flank or into the middle mm. of the ground and pinch it for five or six or seven minutes because I know what he can give me from that point of view. Uh, still side bottom, has done that. Uh, is not that effective, though, in, in that area. Uh, he has missed a lot of games. Very undisciplined early in the season, as we know, Tex. Oh, yeah. uh, so Fair I don't enough, think yeah. he could actually uh, get into my side because of that uh, reason. He could be your vice-captain, though, mate. Um... Yeah, potentially, of the B team. <laughs> Your, I reckon your, your followers I'm, pick themselves, mate. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I agree. Troy. No, I agree. I think that, you know, Nat Nui, Neil and Boak, that's that's just wow. That's that's a gun group. They're, they're almost the top they're almost the top three picks for the Brownlow. Um, I reckon mm. those three. Um, uh, yeah. for all different sorts of reasons. Yeah, they've had, they've uh, had so. incredible seasons. Uh, we know what Nick can do, uh, lucky Neil. Although I think he's been off the last few weeks, however, he's had a super season. Uh, and Bokey He's just getting better and better. Uh, he's he's the hard nut. And a thing I like about uh, Travis is that he's a leader. He leads by example, and I love that about him. So it's it's super, and it's great to see because you know, a few years ago, you know, probably people put a line through. So I think it's great great to see him come back and and play the the standard of footy that he's at. And I'm, and I know he's he's had a big impact on the Port Adelaide Football Club this year. And and Adams and Goldstein, I reckon, you know, again, really really solid contributors, having really good 2020s. I guess it's hard to uh, – I can't find fault with anything that you've done there. And I'm interested in who you choose next week with your forwards because players like Bontempelli, um, Tim Kelly, Dustin Martin, um, I'm interested to see whether they get in uh, as a forward where maybe they also have been an option as, as a midfield. Um, it's funny. When I first got this, I went Medangola. Mm, not sure, but – there's no one on reflection that I can come up with that I go, how come you haven't put them in? So, well, that I think, I think McCluggage is probably a little bit stiff. But then I look at some of the key aspects of, their, of each other's games uh, and I don't have his right in front of me right now. But just tipped him out of the team uh, for mine. 
Um, and I'm I'm pretty happy with those with those guys we've got in mm. the moment. And once you see the forward line, I think that'll all come together really, really well. It'll provide mm. us with a, a lot of flexibility with that team. Well, Dustin Martin was the one I had as a midfielder, but yeah, you could play him as your mid-sized forward, um, who then you can swing back in. I think the other one that, as much as what I love what Bolton offers, I think Jackson McRae's probably a bit stiff. He'd be another uh, typical um, wing midfielder who, who, who probably could have made and I think he's probably been the best um, Bulldogs um, player um, this season, just off the top of my head. Um, and, and I do, I think Mitch Duncan's had a ripping season. I, I also put Dacos down. I thought he, again, as a wingman, I think he's really uh, played well over the last six weeks and, 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 and like, influenced games by himself. So um, there's, there's some, um, some good players in there, mate. It's a different-looking team. and um, Good job, Tano. A, a couple, couple of McCray. blokes by the name of sorry Fife and Pendlebury might be a bit stiff if they missed out completely too, wouldn't they? Oh, well, Not Fife. They might, they might be stiff. You never know. Who knows? Uh, McRae, I, I don't think Fife's season has been that good. Um, but uh, we may end up talking about him next week. We'll see how we go. Mm-hmm. Now, Shane, can I ask you a couple of coaching questions? Yes, Tex, go ahead. I'm fascinated on your thoughts if you're coaching an AFL club with two rounds to go. Do you, is it preferable to have your side settled by now and keep playing them with minimal changes, or are you still looking at this stage of the season to find your best 22? Uh, I'm looking to settle my, my team as much as you can, depending on injury um, situations. Uh, at this time of the year, I'm, I'm actually manipulating my training schedule, what we're doing, in readiness for finals. So I would have tapered off. And I know you know, AFL level, they're in the hub, so it's a bit different. They've been playing games in, on an average of, what, five days apart. So it's, it is a little bit different. So the managing, managing of that, of their conditioning is really important. But for me, in a normal environment, I would have tapered my guys off for at least a week, week and a half, and then ramped them up for another week and a half. And, and then that's it. A very light throughout the week and just games for the next five to six weeks that we've got. And that would just ramp them up. And that'd be just, for me, it's worked for me and it's spot on for the final series. And if... Oh, sorry. So no, no, I that's you're right, mate. No, I was just gonna just on that, just on that, Shane. I think what's really interesting around what this season will, will will I guess unfold to some degree is because of the two frenzies and condensed games, and because people are or teams are managing their players. So I think your comments about Dangerfield being played differently um, through the last last six weeks, and I think they've done the same thing with Dustin Martin. So they actually play every game but they're just managing where, for some players there's not that many that you can do that with but there are some that you can actually do that with so they don't miss games there's that but also a lot of the clubs at the top end have got injuries right so you know like Collingwood for example are talking and I think clubs have got better at the way they do this is just reintroduce those players off minimal uh, or what appears to be minimal match practice so that will be Jeremy Howe Adam Trelaw um, and obviously the goey, they're all talking about coming back over the next couple of weeks. That's massive for Collingwood. Oh, it's huge. And so these intra-playing games that they've been playing against other clubs uh, are really important for the conditioning and getting them as, as close to um, well, game game sense and game conditioning and, and balance and timing. The, the challenge will be coming back, is the speed of the game going to go up another level? 
So are, are they ready that without having played games for a, a long period of time? I'm not sure if they will be. Um, you can simulate as much as you like it, but call it a reserve level. I know there's quality players around. However, it's not the same as a normal game. So it'd be and interesting how is- they actually manage and cope with that. And recover. And is- so I was talking about Joe Danaher the other week. Oh, he hasn't played for, so, you know, what was it, two years? You know, a long time. Well, he's played one game. You can get your body up for one game. But then the impact of the, the crash and bash of the ground, bodies, marking, jumping, it catches up with you. And so to, to try and manage that and get you through, best of now playing finals, I know. But as an example, if these guys then play the last game or maybe the last two, uh, it's a bonus they have the week off. They, that, I think it may be advantage to those players. However, if they came in and played their first game in a final, um, geez, that's going to be pretty tough. And if they play a second game the following week, I'm not sure how they'll come up. So in- I think the shorter quarters too. Sorry, Troy. The shorter quarters is another dynamic this season where I think they, they, they're giving teams a week off before finals and then we're going into finals where it's all going to be shorter yeah. quarters again. So, so I think um, th- that's another part that will, will, I think is meaning that players are managing better with some of the, the fatigue. And so just in case you've forgotten text, that's part of the reason why they, they decided to run at the shorter quarters because of the, the way in which the season's played out, mate. But, um, and back to your point about you trying to settle your side down, do you actually make that public or is that a thought you keep to yourself as a coach? Because if I'm the 25th, 26th, 27th player and you're tapering off your training load, are you looking for maximum intensity of training? Because how else do you engage me and how do I try and break into that 18? If I'm not, if we're getting limited training time and you're trying to settle your side, how do you manage that message? Well, it's, it, uh, I don't hone in on just A22, it's, it's the total group. So I've been fortunate we've had the total group involved with finals. So um, it's, it's all in one in. It's about a holistic review. This is what we're doing. Um, so we want team success, club success. So I don't, I, I might have a list of 25 players. I think these are the 25 I'm going to use. And hopefully they all get through. You know, some have unfortunately missed out because of injuries, uh, but that's the group. That's it. Very rarely does come outside of that. And 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 just quickly, if you're Chris Scott, you've won six in a row. You've got two games to play. Um, you're going to finish in the top four. So if you don't lose another game, you're going to have to win. I don't know what's that eleven in a row or something to to win it. Is it a real problem deep down if you drop one of the next two? Does that worry you as a coach or do you privately think mm, that's not a bad thing if we drop one of the next two? I think it depends how we actually lost that game. Uh, if, if it's been a good game, we, we lose it, fair enough. There's always things to work on. And I think one of the things about Geelong uh, and Chris Scott is that I think they've adapted really well and they've got a, a number of game styles they can employ during the game. They can adjust. I think that's really important. It's like the danger of factor, okay, we're playing at forward for the next four weeks, five weeks. It's given others opportunities to actually grow and develop. I think that's um, not only from a coaching point of view is that exciting. However, from a group point of view, you go, oh, wow, we don't have danger field around the ball yet. Jeez, look what's happening with um, Menegola or Duncan, as you mentioned. Uh, these guys mm-hmm. these guys are stepping up. So it actually makes the group stronger. So I think... Um, yeah, you know, I, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be worried about losing a game. Again, it depends on how you lose it. So from experience, uh, in finals over the last few years, in in my career at, uh, at Dingley, we've lost some some serious games by big margins. Uh, however, we've been able to re, regroup and and get through and win the big one. 
Mm. Just reminding people that he did win. Uh, what, how many in a row, Shane, was it again? Oh, well, we four. We, well, not in a row, but we won four of the last no, five years. Four out of five. Well, yeah, actually, we was, um, was a good uh, big premiers for probably two years, actually. Before they asked him to leave. That was good. It was just because of the monetary demands he was putting on the club at me. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Excellent job, Shano. We're looking forward to the last instalment of the team as we approach um, the final week of, of um, a final. So just, just, just to recap, from the back line. Luke Ryan, Harrison Andrews, Jordan Ridley, Nick. Austin, thank you very much. Darcy Moore, Braden Maynard, Sam Menegola. Pat Dangerfield, Shay Bolton, our followers, Nick Napanui, Lockie Neal, Travis Boak, uh, and joining Caleb Daniels on the interchanges, Taylor Adams and Todd Goldstein. Well, I'm not sure. It's very soft this segment. Uh, I'm disappointed because the end of the season is fast approaching. So apart from um, our debut season coming to an end, um, I, I am concerned that our end of season trip is is amounting to almost nothing now, Shane, uh, based off the work that Old Text has done. So um, I've even lost track. I don't even bother following how the um, the the actual results are going. But it went close, Text, did it? Uh, it did. And um, as you will recall, we had a five-leg multi last week and we've we've got four out of the five legs and the leg we missed, we missed by two points. So we mm. were... Um, we were very close, but um, because I am a disciplined punter, uh, I'm sure you'll mock me for this week's strategic play, but we won't lose this week. And I am cognizant of wanting to make sure that we get a good return at the end of the year. We are down the chute by a little bit, about 1500 odd down the chute. Uh, and because of the disciplines that I enforced on myself last week, and that is, don't punt on a game that involves North Melbourne, GWS or Melbourne. And because I've been steadfast in my beliefs. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You said, oh, no, that's who you said you were going to follow. Sorry, you did say that, North, GWS or Melbourne. Sorry, I thought you said the Bulldogs and yet they were the ones who tipped you out of your fifth leg. Talk amongst yourselves if you can. Uh, yeah, so what okay. I'm doing, what I'm doing this week <laughs> How's your week been, yeah, Shane? All right, mate. So, got a couple of busy days coming up. The bet this... Oh, I reckon we should just bet it in the NBA now, mate. Get the bucks. <laughs> the bet this week is simple. <laughs> the bet this week is simple. I'm having one $250 bet. Oh, $250? On, on Here one, we go. One team? One team. Right now, I'm back... And I know who's picking. Geelong. No, no. <laughs> No. We won't lose this week. I'm investing now, and you can mock me tonight, but you will thank me in some time. I'm having $250 today on Port Adelaide to win the flag at 8 to 1 because they will not get a better price than that. That'll return $2,000. I've been re- – Don't do it, mate. What's happened about – Living in the moment, are you putting anything on uh, for this week? No, I'm putting nothing on for this week. We'll pick it up again next week. I'm investing now in our future, 250 at eight to one because they'll tumble in and probably start grand final day at a dollar eighty favourite. I'm investing now, 250 on port at eight dollars. Bang! Wow, 
All right. I'm excited, and I'm excited to see how they play over the next uh, couple of weeks. Optus draw going into the finals, mate. That'll be a concern for them. Even, but they will finish on top of the ladder, mate. That's the even more thing. reason to take the eight to one. Not sure. They might not finish on top. Okay. Uh, the Brisbane Lions might take us take their spot. They're going to play either Geelong, Richmond, or um, West Coast, mate, in their first final. So, good luck with that. Uh, All right, thanks, Tex. Good luck with that. We look forward to seeing. uh, Actually, we might get a bit for two grand Barbie. Might be good. We might even be able to buy a new Barbie and have it um, on that new Barbie at our end of season trip down at. Waddle Valley or whatever. Yeah, well, hopefully our 5 k right. radiuses from our houses overlap and we can meet in the middle somewhere. Be done by then, mate, I think. Uh, can, I think. can I just remind you, when we win the two grand and we replenish the 1,800 that we've invested over the year, we'll have 200 left. So we will be having a couple of snags on the barbecue. I'm sure we'll reinvest it. Mm, okay. Like those steam dimmies again could come in handy. All right. Beautiful. Thanks, Tex. Now, mate, we, we always love to finish off the week with um, pretty, I mean, we call it Twitters of the week, but it's really all of our interactions with our, our loyal, our loyal listeners. Um, and we, we, it was almost like we got a, the old letter to the program um, during the, during the week. Tex, um, do tell about that one because you did forward it on to the two of us, but um, um, tell us about one of our, our, our loyal listeners um, and, and some of the, the feedback he gave you in a, in a, in a <laughs> well, I was bombarded by a text message from Mick, the bus driver, asking me if I had email problems and double checking on your email addresses. And then later that evening, um, an email came through from his email address. And um, wow, did he have the driver in hand and, and tee off on you particularly, Turtle. Um he did make references to bottles of whiskey, and I suggest he may have had a, a had a bit of a dibble in a, a bit of a dabble himself prior to writing it. But um, he hasn't missed you, that's for sure. No, mate. In um, in fact, um, our old mate one eight hundred adventurous might be getting a call, mate, because um, there was a fair bit of um, uh, racial current in some of the. Um, the, the feedback that we got. So I'm, I'm highly offended by that. Um, and probably not the time of the week and what's going on at the moment. I didn't think it was very convivial of um, Mick, the bus driver. Um, so anyway, I'll get over it. He did provide feedback though. His favorite episode so far of all the podcasts from Mick, the bus driver was back in the early days when we interviewed um, a good friend of ours, Andrew Peachy. He, he loved that immensely getting back to grassroots footy. Hey, there's been some movement in Twitter world this week, though. Can I tell you that um, Paul from Hatcheck One was last seen jumping over the Hebel panel fence. So I'm not sure what's going on there, but Paul was jumping over the Hebel fence. And I alerted last week there's trouble in the southeast. The Duchess of Brighton, there's trouble at the mill. Um, my information says that she has uh, come across a bit of a financial windfall. And since there have been easing restrictions and her partner in crime, Jeff, the real estate boy, um, he's decided that they should put the apartment on the market. The only problem is he hasn't told the Duchess of Brighton. So there's trouble brewing. He's put the for sale sign up without consulting her. And um, 
Mm, stay tuned. Wow. Did she win Oz Lotto? What, what, what happened? Was it Tuesday special ticket or what's going on there? Um, I'll have to check with Adventurous before we can talk about that. But she's um, she's hit the jackpot and uh, and the tax man misses out. Let's just leave it at that. Go the Duchess. Now, mate, um, I think uh, the our leader table suggested that Kim Jong and Mr. Flynn were in negative territory, but um, I understand Kim Jong may have burnt his Twitter account when Carlton last week. And Flynn, on the other hand, um, after, again, a, a, an equally abusive barrage on Twitter the, the day after last week's episode was was um was released he's um he's been awfully quiet so i'm going to give him five votes for that uh for the fact that he didn't tweet at all and and highly appreciate that so he's 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 back in the he's back in the red mr flynn he's coming um, he off back, back to, he's two. coming off back-to-back wins as a crow supporter mr flynn he's up and about not interested mate not interested and kim jong will give him three votes so he's back square with, square with the um the legend now mate he's back at zero just like shane who um, got a vote for going on the Twitter and lost it for for not posting anything. Hey, I've tweeted so, a few times so this week. Him and Kim Jong. Well, I know, mate. But where's um, the positivity? Um, where's the hugs? Am I getting a clip? I, I did. Am I getting I, a clip I or just, a hug here? No, no. You got you got it clipped in the hug. What sort the of like what on? Troy was talking about that we shouldn't be doing. But we're giving out plenty of positivity. Kim Jong, um, uh, two votes, and and Mr. Flynn got five. Um, it's a huge effort from him. Um, no pun intended, but um, anyway, uh, the the other thing I, I think narrowly gets top of the pops for um, for retweeting one um, one of our um, snippets around when she was on our episode last week, which was fantastic. So um, thanks to narrowly for doing that, mate. Um, giving giving the old coach and text a bit of uh, a bit of love. So that's all all good. Um, well, ordinarily speaking, um, she goes okay. Narrowly, she's 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 a, a gun individual who uh, I could listen to that again and again. Boom, boom. Um, and finally, mate, I, I do think we should give um, Mick the bus driver something uh, for his effort. I mean, he did pen that that letter to you, um, and I think had it not been for the fact that we we're in stage four, he might have um, trundled the old bus all the way down the highway <laughs> and hand delivered it to you, but. Um, Good to hear from you, Mickey boy. Thanks for um, thanks for sending that love all the way from from Bendigo. And don't hang around the border for too long; you could get yourself into a bit of trouble. Um, all right, it's been another huge week, and um, I think we're for producing a full length movie um, to um, tonight, not just a regular podcast. And what a great couple of games to look forward to uh, Thursday and Friday. They're rippers. So it should be a big weekend in footy again. Oh, absolutely. Uh, very excited to see your Port Adelaide team in action, Tex. Uh, and I'll be uh, ready to actually uh, critique them for you next week. And you know I'm a, a practising Catholic. I'll be down on one knee tonight just hoping and praying that there's some more ill-discipline acts out of the Richmond Footy Club just to give me a little bit more fodder for next week. Thanks for coming, boys. Can See somebody organise the kebabs for next week? <laughs> See you, mate. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs>